You're listening to the best breakfast show in the land. Uh, we've got Utsepo Muchapila on the line, and we are talking about uh, co-parenting um, and possibly what do you call it? The struggles of co-parenting um, and uh, highs and lows. The highs and lows. Good morning, Utsepo. Good morning. How are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We appreciate you being here. Um, because of time, and I guess there are so many people that have issues, I'm just going to get straight to it, okay? Okay. Good morning to Minon Gang Gang. I'm from Pretoria here, uh, from Mamelodi. Yeah, I'm actually in the process, Yalapo, actually, to get maintenance from both my baby daddies because none of them are contributing. And then I don't know what happened. So now I was busy on the internet, googling and finding information and forms and everything. I'm trying to avoid a process you get a court. So I downloaded this form about an agreement that we could have. So I wanted to find out, do these agreements stand in court? Like, and then what happens if after that agreement, he still refuses to pay or doesn't pay? And then what am I supposed to do from there? Do I now go to court or what happens? Thank you. Uh, Tsepo, I'm not sure if you got that yeah, one. I got it. Thank you so much for having me and good morning to all the listeners. So she's talking about, no, two lies, talking about trying to get an agreement in place, mm. which is actually what we always advise. Because in absence of an agreement, you don't know how to act, when to act, you know, when the child needs to be with you or with the father and all of that. So what she's talking about is called a parenting plan. Now, the the reality of it is that any agreement that you have must be made an order of court for it to be valid. So, for example, now, if uh, depending on the um, what's this, the um, what do we call this, the the the, the um, how the baby daddies are, their yeah. attitude and all of that, you can enter into a parenting plan and then you go to the children's court to try and enforce it as a, a proper order of court. You know. Um, if the both of you can agree. How we usually do it is that you do it either via um, social workers, you do it via an attorney's office with an application to court saying that we want to have a parenting plan in place and then we want to make it an order of court. Why that is important is because once it becomes an order of court, you can then act in terms of that because if the other parties act contrary to it, it then becomes a contempt of court and if the father fails to pay maintenance, you can go to the maintenance court to have an emoluments order or an attachment order against his salary or his goods for the satisfaction of the maintenance of the minor children. Okay. Just just as a, as a, as a question on the side of that, when it comes to calculating the maintenance amount, right? Yes. Is it a certain percentage from uh, the salary? How, do, how does the court calculate how much the amount must be paid by the, by the person that's paying maintenance? So the maintenance is always dependent on what the needs of the child are. So that's where we start. We start by laying out um, how much does the child need for food every month? Mm-hmm. How much does um, the child need for transportation, for school, for clothing, for all of that? Now, that maintenance form, what it does is that it actually, you fill in the amounts that you use 
um, or the amount that you need rather for the child. And then at the end, we almost like divided, you know, if maybe let's say for electricity, um, you are paying 600 rand of electricity per month, but in the house, it's you, your child and another older person. So we then divide that by three to get, you know, roughly the estimate of the, uh, of the electricity used for the one child. What we then do is that we calculate all of that to see the child's needs are 10,000 rand, for example. Now, how much can each party contribute towards that maintenance? And then we go into an inquiry as to how much can you, mother, afford of this maintenance? And how much can you, father, afford of this maintenance? It always happens that the parent that earns more usually is liable for more, but that's obviously dependent on their liabilities as well. Because you might find a parent um, maybe earning 50,000 rand, but has four other kids um, and their expenses, you know, are 30,000 rand and he can't afford the 10,000 rand, but maybe can afford to pay 6,000 rand. And then the mother then contributes that 4,000 rand. So it's always that balance between the two parties. Okay, here's another one. We've got three minutes, so maybe you will answer it after after news, depending on how long the answer is going to be. Here's another one. Morning, morning, Timberland Gang Gang. Uh, it's anonymous here. Hey. I just want to find out something here from Tepo. Um, if if maybe the um, the father has a business but then doesn't deposit all the money into account how do they then investigate how much money he's making so that he can be able to to pay maintenance with i don't know with the lack of a better word with an appropriate uh, amount i just want to find out that because now i'm struggling with my baby daddy he's got a business he's got businesses but then now every time uh, we try to sort out the money issue the baby uh, maintenance he says that he can only afford a thousand rand of which he makes more than that thank you to me. okay uh Sebo? Anonza, that's a favorite one with business people. Um, they duck and dive. They don't pay themselves a salary so that we can say that this is how much you earn. But in those instances, we then subpoena the records of the company. And when you subpoena the records of the company, you mean the bank statements and all of that. And then from there, we look at what the expenses are via the business because the reality is that most business people especially when you're starting out, you use the business account as your personal account. So from those, we are able to then see how much of these amounts are being used for his personal capacity as opposed to the business um, needs. And then from there, we decide that, or once it's, it's not a decision rather, once we deduct how much of those business assets or the business cash is being used for his personal use, we then say, okay, in any given month, this is roughly how much you use on personal expenses for yourself. So we can then regard this as a director's remuneration. Therefore, we can claim maintenance on the amount that you use for your personal use as opposed for business purposes. Sure. Um Okay, so we've got Utsepo Mujapila on the line, um, and she's speaking to us about uh, maintenance and custody issues. Just listening to her, guys, I've realized, Gutsi, if you can, try not to have a child with someone that you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll go through as many of your questions as we can on 0605842250. It's the layabout. It's called Do Better, and we are trying to do better, okay? We're speaking about maintenance. You? 
and custody matters. Nala, men are trying also. Stop it. Uh, mm. We've got Sepo Muchapilo, who's a director at Muchapilo Attorneys Incorporated, and she's here to answer all of your questions related to child maintenance. Ubombo, we've got you covered on 98.9 <laughs> FM. Feel good music. Sepo, before we go back to questions, a question that is often asked by a lot of men in general, when it mm. comes to court and maintenance, why doesn't the court give the child to the person who can afford to have the, who can afford to keep the child financially? Because then it will avoid mom and dad fighting about paying me this much and that much. So if if if, if the if 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 the, the 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 man or the woman or whoever the parents are have to, have, have separated, the court goes okay. Who financially, based on your debt and all this, can afford to keep this child? So whoever can pay keeps the child. Why don't they work it out like that? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all one, and financial affordability is not the be-it-and-all of taking care of children. There are many factors that come into play. That's why I remember at our last interview, I did mention that even if you as a father do not have money and cannot financially maintain your kids, you can still go to court to apply for access of your child because the best interest of the child, and this is a rule that all courts use, um, is dependent on many factors. It's finances, it's stability, it's emotional well-being of the parents, it's the environment um, that you're going to bring the child up in, you know, and some of those things don't have to do with actual money, you know. Um, the well-being of the child becomes the most important factor. Okay. So if you are in the process of getting a divorce and you are unfortunately unable to work, but maybe your ex-wife is, you know, she must then, um, and, and, and let's say for all intents and purposes, the reports that were done or the evidence that was led in court shows that you are the primary caregiver of the child, that the child has a better propensity towards you, you know, that you've developed that attachment with the child and all of those things. It will act in the best interest of the child by awarding you primary custody subject to the maintenance being paid by the other party. So it always works on a balance of probabilities and it's not a one-size-fits-all. All other circumstances are taken into account before that decision is made. Olweni bandabashe be take off. Bengalo boza wote ni sologi ngamatota afakwa maintenance. Amatota kana lungela lofaka abo mama wone lu maintenance wakwanza abandwa. Ayas Mandela Park a hard bay. There you go. Teko, I mean, wow. Teko. Teko. Um, in terms of uh, maintenance, it's generally uh, men who. And I won't lie, I, I've never ever heard of a woman being asked to pay maintenance. Paying Do women pay maintenance? Is it more skewed towards the males? Is it maybe based on the fact that males generally will earn more money? I don't know. Um, it depends, again. Um, a lawyer always say it depends on the circumstances. So if the child is with, per se, let's say the mother, um, it's normal then that the mother would be the one to institute the maintenance against the father. But there's nothing stopping the father from claiming maintenance from the mother um, if, let's say, the child is staying with the father. You know, if the primary residence of the child is with the father, then he can, for all intents and purposes, go institute the maintenance. Why? Because he is the primary caregiver and he's able to give an account of the monthly needs 
of the child. So it's not that um, it's only the woman that can go, but in most cases, I found that um, 95% of the times, the child is with the mother. Therefore, the maintenance must be paid to the person um, in whose care the child is in. This one just came as a follow-up on that. This one says, um, obviously, they calculate the expenses of the father who's paying maintenance, right? Do they also calculate... Do they also follow up to check on whether the mother spends the money that is being paid on the child or she spends the money on herself? So once I've paid maintenance as a, as a dad, does the court then follow up to see whether the mother spends the money? I'm just imagining I've got a mother who's got two baby, like the lady that phoned and she's got two baby daddies because she's got two different mm-hmm. kids with two different men. How do I know that my, child, my, my money that I'm sending for my child is not used by her to pay for the other child if the dad doesn't pull his weight? You know, if if we maybe one day we need to put up that maintenance form um, for 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 people to actually see it, and perhaps that's what you need to do. Yeah. Google the actual maintenance form because what it does there it details um, the um, the expenses for the child. So it says how many children do you have, and it details the expenses for the child that you that that you are claiming maintenance for. Like I said with the electricity example, if you are staying in the house and it's you and your two children from two different baby daddies, we still divide the expenses by three so as to get um, a a more estimate or more fair estimate or accurate estimate um, for the needs of this one specific child. So unfortunately, the courts don't do that follow-up to say, mother, are you spending the money right um, in terms of what the maintenance court has ordered? But I will say that if at any point you feel that maybe the mother is not taking care of the children or is neglecting the children for whatever reason, you can still bring that application to court. I had a client of mine that um, brought an application to court that the money is actually be paid directly to the grandmother because the grandmother was now taking care or primary care of the child. And then what we did was that we varied that order to say instead of the money going into the bank account of the mom, the money go into the bank account of the grandmother because the child is with the grandmother. Hi, Tumilian Gang Gang. Just a question to Tebo. Um, I know we always speak about a maintenance um, for a bandu that are not together anymore. But can you take your partner to a maintenance court, even though say you guys are staying together, uh, but the, part, the other party doesn't, you know, um, take part in in maintaining the kids. Can you still take them to a maintenance court in Shalanok? Yo. Uh, staying in the same house? Um. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. The maintenance application is not on divorce or on separation. Even if you are staying with your partner, you guys are married or you have a lifelong partnership, as long as you can prove the duty of maintenance, because maintenance, um, legally speaking, is a reciprocal duty. It's what we call a reciprocal duty of maintenance. So I maintain you, you maintain me. And by that and by us living together, we we create a reciprocal duty of maintenance. So even if I'm staying within the house and you don't um, contribute anything, I can 
can take it to the maintenance court and the maintenance court court can then make an order um, that you pay maintenance. I actually did have a client like that as well. Um, the wife, it was so sad though, because the husband was, he, he just wasn't coming to the party. Um, I think he used to have like um, several other girlfriends outside, spend money on them, but the family in the home would not see a cent of his money. And the wife bought the application for maintenance because of that duty um, for her and her children to be maintained by the father. And we were successful with that application. Yeah, that's hectic. What happens in situations where, because you mentioned grandparents, where the children are shipped off to the grandparents and in inverted commas, hidden from the the, the other um, parent. Uh, Are the grandparents held liable as accomplices to this whole thing? Well, that can only be a determination um, when you actually approach them. So depending on what is in place. So with most parents, um, we don't have um, what you call that parenting plan in place. And then what happens is that when the kids are hidden um, to the grandparents' house, you don't see them, but you hear that they are there. Now, as, as the party or as the parent um, who's, who, 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 who suffers that, you can't necessarily go and take the children because then that would be unlawful, you know. But what you can do is still approach the courts to say that this is the situation that has happened. Um, I don't have access to my kids and these children are being kept at their grandparents' house um, for the sole purpose of me not having contact with them. And, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> and, in those <laughs> and in those circumstances, what actually happens is that you can even end up getting primary residence or primary care of the children because if they are at their grandparents' house and you can prove that you can provide a stable Okay, I think we see home, a stable environment where they are taken care of when you're at work and all of that. You can prove that, and then the kids can then come stay with you if the mother cannot um, provide the same for them. If it's a classic hit, yep, we play it on Radio 2000. 2000. It's Little Wayne, uh, Bobby Valentino, it's called Wee Wee Wee. <laughs> it's actually never. called Mrs. Officer. <laughs> right, here's another voice note that came through. The only question that I will ask um, for past uh, 14 years, and I find out. So I need to know is it allowed for me to go and claim the whole money that I was supporting the child or what? Okay. Okay, I get that. I get that. Okay. So, 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 he says he was holding a bench. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, guys. Let me behave. So he says uh, they he thought that it was his child for 14 years. Yeah. Then he realized. Then obviously found out that the child wasn't his. Can he go back and claim all the money that he that he paid during the time where he thought the child was his? Um, I think the legal scholars here have a difficulty with this one because the courts recognize that the need for the child to be maintained yeah. is greater than you being basically for all those 14 years. How the law applies it is that um, because there's always a need for a child to be maintained, it actually doesn't matter who maintains the child as long as the child is maintained. Now, civilly speaking, I don't know if you'd be successful with a claim for 
damages because you pay and also who are you going to make the claim against the father that was supposed to um to 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 support the child the actual father did he know it's quite a tricky one i don't know of any case where um a person has claimed back maintenance because of a child that was told to the father that is is theirs but then it turns out that it's not because the law is very clear the needs of the child are of paramount importance so it really doesn't matter where the money is coming from because the child needs to be maintained same with you bongani yeah. if you start maintaining a child that is not yours and for some reason you stop okay. that mother can actually go come against you to say that you were maintaining therefore you created the duty no. to maintain and the child is entitled to that maintenance only in the event also that um the 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 father is unknown has died whatever circumstances but if you start maintaining uh you must know that there can be that um action that please continue to maintain the child because it's in their best interest yeah. No, me I'll never he punch it never happen. Here's another one. <laughs> My name Bongani. Morning. I just want to find out to tell me if the child is earning a grant money, a disability grant money and they stays at a facility, can the mother still claim maintenance from the father? And the father is paying the medical aid and the insurance to make sure that the child uh, when uh, he needs the medical uh, attention, it's, it's been paid for. So uh, how possible is that the mother can claim the, 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 the maintenance? The maintenance, okay, that makes it. So, so it's a bit low, I'm not sure if you heard it, but um, she's saying that the child's disabled. Um, has a disability, has yes, a disability. stays at a facility. Mm-hmm. And wants to um, the father does pay for certain things, but she wants maintenance as the well. The father pays for the medical aid that keeps the child there at that yeah, facility and the insurance. And, and all the insurance. So can the mom it still depends. claim even though the child doesn't stay with the mom? Mm. It depends on what the needs of the child are. Remember, maintenance claims are always based on what does the child need and what can the parents afford. So if at the facilities there are extra things that are needed, you know, then it's a matter of um, let's bring those expenses to the fore to see what other expenses the child um, needs at the facility because those, those then become the needs of the child even at the facility. And then from that, how much can the father contribute? How much can the mother contribute? Because it already sounds like the father, um, the medical aid keeps the child there in the facility. So for all intents and purposes, he's doing his part. If there are extras, um, maybe the mom could... I don't know if how big the extras are. I don't know if she's employed or what's happening. But again, it's all about what the child needs and what the parents can afford. Some instances you find one parent paying 100% of the maintenance because the mother or the other parent is unable to contribute anything towards the maintenance. And in those circumstances, unfortunately, you'd then have to cover the full maintenance needs of the, ch- of the child. Tsepo, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we could never have enough time for this. Yeah. Hours gone so quickly, but we really appreciate your time uh, on the show, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, guys. So, gang, gang. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, she's a director at Mutapilo Attorneys. If you follow us at Radio Two Thousand Underscore ZA, we are going to put up the link that will take her to a website for the company. If you want to use some of her services. Uh, because we trust her. She's got a, a stamp of authority and approval here. Um, I, I wouldn't mind her representing me. Hashtag the takeoff. 
at Radio 2000 ZA on all social media platforms. Be part of an award-winning team.